pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're telling me that Coleman Hawkins' reputation precedes him. Is that right, Scott Ritchie? I think a little bit. And it might have played a role in the technical that he got whistled for at Indiana. All right, we'll go into Richie's deep thoughts about uh, the game against the Hoosiers. We'll look ahead to a three-game week this week. And we'll even talk some uh, Big Ten tournament seeding in this week's podcast, Inside Illini Basketball. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Ah, oh, good morning, everyone. Sun is out. Weather is beautiful. And Illinois is still getting votes, I understand. <laughs> Just barely. Um, latest poll is out, as always, before our Monday podcast. And Illinois is down to two points. Hmm. So that's either one person voted for them at number 24 or two people voted for them at number 25. Um, I'll have that later today. That's Scott Ritchie, our basketball beat writer. I'm Jim Rosso, vice president of news here at the News Gazette. Beat writer when Illinois was really good. 0-2 week. Uh, uh, Ritchie basically guaranteed two wins last week when we were talking, and you failed. Did I? I don't know, Maraway. We'd have to probably play that back, and I have a feeling... You might have guaranteed two wins, but I, I yep. have no such thing. I uh, I still uh, have my beliefs about this team, but uh, the 0-2 week didn't help matters. Tuesday's loss felt horrible. Saturday's loss felt less horrible, just uh, from from how it went down. Uh, had a lead for most of the second half and played hard. Yeah, and Brad Underwood used words like elated. Curious after the game, real quick about that. It felt it, it felt almost forced from Underwood, and that it, like I I would I'm really mad and frustrated that we lost this game, but I'm going to say something nice. Yeah, maybe. Although it, you know, we talked about it a little bit more yesterday. I was at a Zoom um, ahead of tonight's game against Minnesota, 8 p.m. Um, and just he's he kind of went a little deeper on that because it was an odd thing to say. I mean, I don't know that I'd ever been elated after a loss. Um, and obviously my vast athletic playing career. Um, but just that he's seeing more things from his team that give him, I don't know, hope or to give him this feeling that like they're still maybe haven't tapped into their full potential, but they're doing the right things even in a loss. Um, 
I'll probably have more on that later this week, but just it's a different feeling than when he had after a win. It's kind of crazy. Um, but, like, after they beat Texas, like, he was uneasy because he just didn't think it, it was sustainable. Clearly it was not um, because they had that really rough stretch. But um, maybe this team just looks more like he wants it to look. All right. We'll see. I mean, have to beat Minnesota tonight, and we're going to probably just talk about a lot like they have you know, some, with this podcast, and that's the assumption. Um I don't know if like you cancel the season if they lose to Minnesota, but I'd consider it. They're real bad. I'm not not even addressing the Gophers. That's how uh, well the timing is bad. Plus, they're horrible. Yeah, and can't wait for Northwestern on Thursday. That should be a lot more interesting. I was like one thing yesterday. Zoom. Uh, I don't think Minnesota was mentioned once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone is overlooking the Gophers uh, for a reason. But yeah, Northwestern uh, turns out is good. I mean, I think. All right. Have to say, I mean, they got the season sweep against Indiana last week, then you know beat the pants off Iowa, got Fran McCaffrey ejected because of uh, clearly a missed ten second call by Courtney Green. Um, a Francon meter pegged at Francon one, um, and he got sent. But Courtney Green. Of the Big Ten officials that fans complain about, I get it a little bit. All right. Well, the refs made uh, headlines again this week, just when we got talking about how uh, you know, how they have been all season. It didn't get any better. Coleman Hawkins getting that strange technical. Um, you think that it might be his reputation playing into that. How can that be? I mean, it's a, a combination of things, but I think that's part of it. Because if you watch Coleman Hawkins during a game, lots of passion, but he is very demonstrative when either he's called for a foul and he doesn't think it was a foul, or he's a foul's not called maybe on a his defender when he thinks there should be one. Um, just his emotions play through his face a lot, um, and sometimes his words. And so you take that plus Kelly Pfeiffer who. Was at my hotel on Friday night. Saw him in the stairwell as we evacuated to a fire alarm, false alarm, thankfully. Um, he called a technical foul on Trent Frazier at Assembly Hall for, you know, yelling cash at the Indiana bench after he knocked down a three pointer. So, it, you know, Kelly might be a little prone to you know, pulling the the technical out of the bag. And then, you know, I ha- had an in house video replay of the aftermath of what well, was a terrific dunk by Coleman Hawkins like let's not forget about that but he yelled something probably shouldn't have in the direction at least of Trace Jackson Davis and I was accused of making that up because people didn't see it at home on TV um, thanks for that on people on Twitter I know who you are Jeff Wendland um, he said it I I don't read lips that good but I there's certain words that I can pick out and one of them starts with F. I'll let you fill in the other three letters to that. All so, right, still, I've, I've got a beef to pick with that call, as Trace Jackson Davis did on Twitter uh, uh, when the uh, when the word went out that let the kids play with emotion. You get dunked on, you live with it. That's yeah. one play that you play on. Yeah, and, like, I'll submit it, it wasn't a great call, but... If you take all of those factors together, like it was going to happen to Coleman Hawkins, 
I uh, I find it hard to believe that reputation uh, plays a factor in these things. That's too bad. It shouldn't, but I mean, you don't think it plays a factor with coaches that you know maybe known to fly off the handle a little bit. Um, same with players. And all right, so we need to, some acting classes. Maybe is there someone on campus with some theatrical skills? I'd go to Cranert. Say let's work with Coleman Hawkins. We got two weeks before the postseason starts. Let's get him happy, even when he's mad, at least visually. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's possible. He's just like he plays with a lot of emotion and energy, and that's who he is as a player. And most of the time, that's great. And then there's the, maybe the scenario where you get called for a a weak technical after a just really terrific dunk and it happens all right as uh, underwood said on post-game radio uh he started with a litany of people who were not feeling well apparently uh, yeah uh, like i don't like ty rogers had the strep okay earlier in the week was still feeling it rj melinda's got it like friday it was like 102 degree fever like i don't we just went through this whole pandemic thing mm. where it's like maybe let's not share this with everybody and, but it's whatever. I mean, they obviously played. Um, Terrence Shannon did not um, and should not as long as he's in concussion protocol. Uh, I think Illinois certainly has the experience with that and realized maybe the seriousness of it last year with Andre Corbello. Um, so it was shorthanded to an extent Illinois, and it's only lost by three. Hopefully everyone's healthy. And, like, I don't know. I don't spend a ton of time around the players, but I don't need strep or whatever else is floating through that locker room. All right. Uh, the Big Ten race is uh, out of touch now, out of reach, I would say. Uh, not going to win it. Not going to win it. Um, Unless, a lot of work to do to even get like a top four seed in a double bye in the Big Ten tournament. It's possible. Yeah, five games left. Uh, I see a four-and-one finish. What does that do for you, smart Alec? Um, I don't think that's enough. I think for Illinois to get a top four seed, they have to win out, and then like Rutgers, Maryland, Michigan, Iowa all have to take some losses. If you read, happen. if you read Monday mornings this morning's Good Morning Illinois Nation, there's a website which I link to where you can put in every scenario possible for the remaining games in the Big Ten and generate the final standings and the Big Ten tournament seeding. Um, it's a terrific website. Uh, it took a lot of doing for me to get Illinois into the top four. Okay. How important is that? This is another day of ball. You're not playing five straight days. No, but it's four straight, and I think if you look at you know teams, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe the Big Ten just stinks in the NCAA tournament, but Iowa won the Big Ten tournament last year, did not have a long stay in the NCAA tournament. Illinois, the year before, lost in the second round. Um Fewer games, the better, I guess. Maybe okay. losing in the Big Ten tournament, if you're pretty much assured a NCAA tournament seed, not a terrible thing. You get a few days to rest. Um, but I think Illinois is better off maybe being... I mean, they're the eight right now, and I don't think that's a great spot for them because that means likely Purdue in the quarterfinals. None of those teams... Um uh, are that good, I would argue. No, and we don't know what that matchup is yet because they yeah. don't play for two more weeks. But 
I'd only be better off like as a seven. Okay. And then just cruise through the bottom half of the bracket if they're thinking, let's raise another banner. All right. Uh, five games, like we said. Uh, a busy finish for Illinois. I don't even want to talk about that Penn State game because it was such a disaster. How did uh, Shannon get hurt? I don't. Have we, have we figured this out yet? I don't recall him like taking a blow to the head okay. in that game. Well, maybe I do. All Second right. half, I just remember like, and it didn't seem like a deal in the moment. And like we talked to him after the game, and see, I mean, I I couldn't diagnose a concussion, um, but there wasn't concern at that point, you know, about him because we wouldn't have he wouldn't have been made available if they had if they knew he had a concussion. But I think second half, I feel like he did maybe take. I just remember him running back down the court on defense like putting his hand to his head so i guess it happened then but thank you dr richie like, yeah i mean i got my md in the off season um rj melendez is another storyline um uh, his struggles continue uh, is he salvageable for this season sure okay and i think maybe all it takes is him making a shot but that's a tough road for him at this point. I mean, you think, you know, Saturday at Indiana was missing lightly contested layups, had about the most open three-pointer I've ever seen in my life, and he didn't hit anything. Not the net, not the rim, not the backboard. But then he took that last shot with a ton of confidence, another open three, and he almost made it. So maybe he sees one go down early. That's the trigger, but like, he's just struggled all year with his shot all right two weeks left in the regular season that means richie is busy uh studying his all big 10 teams uh, which he'll unveil the on this podcast inside line basketball uh maybe next week we'll we'll quiz him but i gotta know this week what's it looking like who's your who's your five well the, the first five is easy okay i don't think there's any discussion for bring any, it for anybody else it's Zach Eady, okay. Trace Jackson Davis, yep. and I'm not certain that I won't vote TJD for Big Ten Player of the Year. All right. We'll get to that later. Chris Murray, Jalen Pickett, and Terrence Shannon. Hmm. Now, the next five, there's about 27 guys. I don't know. There's, it's, there's not a ton of separation in that group. Um, there are a couple I think need to be you know in there. I think Bryce Sentabaugh at Ohio State. I could see leaving him off just because the team stinks. Right, really bad. But he's been good and better than I think anybody expected. Like, I think I mean they're so so bad, but I think they'd be even worse without him. The one player I think that is the more I go into it that I'm going to vote probably second team is Matthew Meyer. Now he, his first eight games were borderline disaster he just wasn't you know in basketball shape game shape wasn't playing that much wasn't making shots but the last 20 or no let's see 18 last 18 19 games like he's been as good as pretty much anybody you know in that tier that, that could be you know an all big 10 second team player and at times better than Terrence Shannon even for Illinois so I think he's if he keeps that up the last 
five games, like I think he'll play himself into that level. All right, those uh, those ballots are due before the tournament starts. Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, so I vote in the AP All Big Ten, and that is due the day after the season's over, uh, March sixth, and then. I've typically voted for the Big Ten, like they're they're all Big Ten, so I haven't gotten an email about that. But again, that's usually either the night of the like the regular season end. I think actually, yeah, it is. It's like nine o'clock on March fifth. All right, you said you have a Player of the Year decision to make. Does it come down to who wins the Big Ten? If uh, Indiana finishes, you know, they got to go to Purdue yet this Saturday night. I do believe. Yeah. Do you wait to that game? Well, I'm going to wait till next week anyway because there are games to be played. I mean, I'll have an idea before March 5th, but I'll take into consideration everything before I you know, hit submit. Um, I just think Trace Jackson Davis has narrowed the gap to Zach Eady to almost nothing at this point, and from an overall standpoint, he does more than Edie does. He's just in terms of you know, assists, you know, he's blocking as many, if not actually he's blocking more shots. His rebounding's up there, his scoring is getting closer. I mean And if you take Chase Jackson Davis off Indiana I mean you could take either of them off of either team, they both stink, but which makes it a, a tougher call because like Indiana I think they only know how to run offense through Chase Jackson Davis. Like, they don't have any other plays, essentially. And for Purdue, it's basically the same thing. Like, they start, if they can get the ball to Zach Eady, it goes in. Sometimes it comes back out. A lot of times it doesn't because he'll make the shot. So, it's a close race. I don't have a, a clear winner right now. All right. That'll be interesting uh, as the Big Ten uh, heads toward the finish line with that. Uh, so you were at the hotel room filming the, with the fire alarm. Do you think it was an Indiana fan setting that alarm, hoping to get the referee in a grumpy mood? Maybe the visiting beat writers in a grumpy mood. I was already in a grumpy mood. Smart play, if it was. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, just, it was 10, 15. And why is a Big Ten ref at the Super 8? <laughs> it's funny that you think I'm going to stay at a Super 8. That's what I did. Yeah, I've have. I was economical back in the day. I'm still I'm like more a, hard scrabble. I'm more than today's beat writers. I'm soft, Ed Bond. Oh, I I stayed at hotel rooms with the with the door facing the outside. Yeah, I'm I have. Proud of I have a higher sense of self preservation than that because, like, I don't want to leave my motel as it would be. That's <laughs> not a hotel, Jim. That's a motel. And either participate like unknowingly in a drug deal or get stabbed. Big chicken. I thought I thought they raised dudes from Eureka tougher. I but tough. I was mistaken. I'm also, you know, going to take advantage of some comforts on the road because it's. I spent 25 hours in the car last week. How do you fix Big Ten refereeing? Is it fixable? I mean, sure. Are other conferences just as bad? Yeah, I mean, the fans everywhere hate officials. Like, but more so than ever. Can I say? Sure. It really seems. And like it's not just every, basketball. Like NFL, you right. complain. It's everywhere. Baseball. Um, 
I think fans just need an outlet for their frustrations, and they see you know, these people that do have a impact on the game in a way, and it's not you know in favor of their team, and they, they lash out. That's fine. Um, it's fruitless. Like complaining about the officials will get you exactly nothing. So I think may just people need better coping skills. Maybe we'll go with that. Um, but need more officials. So maybe these guys aren't doing six games in seven days, six games in eight days. Um, I don't. Know, I mean, I don't know if the officials now would appreciate that because that takes money out of their pocket if they're not doing as many games. But I think they'd be sharper, fresher. Um, probably need some an influx of some younger officials just to balance that out. But uh, I don't know that there's a specific answer. And I think even if officiating was better, like Bo Borowski, who's retired now, but he was at uh, actually was at the Indiana Illinois game. So I'm you know you stop to talk to Brad Underwood. Like he was a good official, made the right call. Most of the time, fans hated him. Like, so it doesn't matter if officiating is better; fans are still going to hate officials. Like, it's just the okay. it's the way it is. Northwestern on Thursday night. It'll be an interesting game. Does Chris Collins uh, uh, make something of this year's run? Well, he keeps his, at least keeps his job in well, Northwestern. Maybe a different job. What do you think? I mean, it's, didn't do it last time because it took a. How many years ago was that they made the tournament for the first time and it was such a big deal and then they went backward for a while? Yeah, it was the 2016-17 wow. season. Really? Yeah. Well, that then, long like, ago. They went 24-12, and 12, won their first round game. Mm-hmm. Next year, ran back the same team, went 15-17. and 17. Right. Um, Okay. I think that plus the 13-win, 8-win, 9-win seasons after that, Last year, barely five, not even five hundred. Like that's probably gonna, maybe, probably close some doors for him. I think he stays at Northwestern. Okay. Um. And he's I don't know what jobs will be open. I mean, the carousel will start spinning soon. Um, but like the ones that are open, like he's not gonna get the Texas job. Um, there's a lot of jobs that are open that he could that would be backwards. So I think he stays at Northwestern if he can win. Maybe he just wants to stay in Northwestern. I mean, he's a where do you go? Glenbard, whatever. One of the Glenbards High School, East. I don't know. He's a suburbs guy. I mean, he's from that area. Maybe he stays. Maybe John Shire flames out at Duke at some point, and he takes that job. But he's gonna have to win more at Northwestern for that to happen. All right, Big Ten tournament in Chicago, right? Yeah, that's okay. fine. That's all right. That's good for Illinois. Should they make that run? You do your top 16 seeds every week in the News Gazette. Um, Illinois, nowhere close to that. Probably too late to get to one of those top oh, four seeds. not going to happen. Uh, they're uh, hovering around the seven and eight line right now. Not horrible. And again, it's, you it's look in the tournament. Like, you look at the even the top four seeds, and you're not exactly intimidated when you see an Alabama lose to Tennessee. Come on. You yeah. see a Houston plays hard. Plays hard. Right. They're back to being number one Yeah, this week. Um, you see a Kansas, which is uh, playing well now. But I mean, yes. that's the one I would be. That's a loss is what you're saying. Of. If Illinois is matched up against Kansas in the early rounds. Kansas is good. Like, okay. I mean, they, in terms of quality wins, they have 
more than any team mm-hmm. in the country, and it's like they have thirteen quad one wins. I think Purdue is second with nine. Okay, but you see a UCLA and a Texas, who, who which you beat as uh, two seeds, you have hope. Sure, um, and I think this year's tournament will be more about matchups than I mean it always is, but like it's going to be more so this year because there's not like these super elite teams. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of good teams. You know, Glenbrook North, Ed Bond tells me, Chris Collins went to. I don't know. They're all the same to me. True. <laughs> all the suburb schools. Like I couldn't tell you the difference between them or where they're at. But back to the tournament, like it's just individual game matchups that's going to determine the outcome. Um, unless one of those maybe top seeds just cranks it up a little more, um, which I don't know if I see happening. I think at this point of the season, the teams are who they are, and anything will ha- could happen in March, which I think will be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, good luck filling out your bracket because I think the the odds of a, a perfect one are like one in 128 quintillion or something, and I'd say they're worse than that this year. All right, it's that time of the Inside Line podcast that I dread, but oh, I've been data? told I've been told I have to do it by uh, the higher ups, who apparently like their data. I mean, I think go a, ahead. I think a lot of people do. Put um, me to sleep. Defes- defensive efficiency. We're going to talk about defensive efficiency. Oh, great! And offensive. Great. Um, just like where Illinois stands uh, right now. These are all numbers per Bartorvik, my favorite site. Um, right now, de- on defense, 29th nationally. Offense, 77th. And those numbers are defensively roughly the same as last year. I mean, offensively, much, much worse. I mean, you got to take into account it's a brand new team compared to a year ago, but I think the offensive numbers are maybe the most concerning. Because, like, if this. Illinois getting to a point where if it doesn't get stops, like, like say like it did against Rutgers when it went on a nineteen to nothing run, like wins are going to be really hard to come by. I think you saw that fully at Penn State where there was zero stops essentially against Jalen Pickett in his forty one point game, and they got almost run off the court. So I went back and looked at like the historical data that twenty 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 one team with Kofi and Io. Real missed opportunity there because Illinois is top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency and lost in the second round. That just proves my point. Worthless data, <laughs> Scott Ritchie. But the eye test, so much more important. Yeah, I don't know. Rebounds, points, assists. <laughs> That's where I end. Home runs, RBIs. Exactly. Batting average. That clearly makes sense. Um, but I did see, God, there was a, Saw a tweet this weekend. I'm not going to be able to find it, but like every NCAA champion from like the last eight or ten years had really good adjusted offensive and defensive fishing numbers. Yeah, I like, bet they did. Like Illinois had 77 offensively. Mm-hmm. Like I just won the national title. Slim, not good enough. So it's just something to. To note, it's another way to view the game. Maybe you can understand why your team is winning or not winning. 
and I'm going to stop now. <laughs> what? Just take great offense. <laughs> oh, um, your power pole is Terrence Shannon. He missed a game. Uh, that knocked him off the top spot. Well, he he's your all Big Ten player. Yeah, I'm, he wasn't in the top spot last week, though. All right. Well, does it? Then he's probably not there in, now. No, he's not. Um, Matthew Meyer. Okay. In the top spot. Uh, number two. I think I'm going to go Ty Rogers. He's been a, a very good contributor mm-hmm. in the last several weeks. Consistent, I would say, with effort, if nothing less. Always. Um, and his offensive game is coming around. I think that's important. Could be what pushes Illinois to maybe more success in March. We'll see. Um, I think Terrence Shannon can say it like number three because he's still important. But uh, has to come back and play. Not sure if that'll happen today against Minnesota. We're not talking about that game. He was still in concussion protocol as of Sunday afternoon. Um, And, like, you just can't mess around with that. Um, Concussions are serious. You like where Luke Goody is? Yeah, I mean, he's made a three in each of the past two games. He played 23 minutes at Indiana. Had to with Terrence Shannon out um, and RJ struggling. Um, so he's got, I mean, his conditioning's there, I think. Um, it was interesting that Brad Underwood made the defense for offense sub at, at the very end of the game to put RJ Melendez back in. Um, but I think, I mean, if Luke can knock down a couple more shots every game, like that could be another thing that, again, could push Illinois to more success here in the next month. Brandon Lee played a little bit on Saturday, I noticed. Seems to be a fan favorite still. Yeah, just uh, just for the rarity of his minutes, does certainly a, in the first half. Does he have a, an increased role in the coming seasons? No. Okay. Don't think so. I mean, I think you look at this coming off offseason, um, going to need some front court help uh, because Matthew Meyer uh, is out of eligibility. Coleman Hawkins... At least the way things look now, probably goes pro. I mean, he's being projected as a second round pick. I know, you know, both ESPN's Jonathan uh, Givoni has him as a second round pick. Sam Vecini for the Athletic has him as a second round pick. So he's probably gone. Open. There's a lot of open scholarships. Plus, they lost Zachary Brain to a pro deal in France. Um, and I have to add probably two front court pieces. And I think. They'll probably jump Brandon Lieb in the, the hierarchy there. Can't wait for April. Yeah, I'm thrilled that it's just not it's just going to explode at that Love time. It. Crazy stuff. Yeah, free agency starts in April. You don't uh, you start even thinking about the Big Ten next year. Uh the good news if you're a horrible team there's a there's hope for you with all the revolving door yeah, stuff. I mean, used to you know, if a coach got into a rebuild situation, he was looking at maybe a couple years to get a team back on track. Uh, should be able to do it immediately. All right. Michigan State might be the – they have a good recruiting class coming in, but where do the where does recruiting even figure into this anymore when you have the portal? Because often uh, the more veteran-proven players are better to contribute early on than the five-star freshmen. 
Yeah, I mean, that's there's a lot of that. But Michigan State does have really good players coming in. Xavier Booker's a top 10 you know, prospect, big man. Uh, Jeremy Fears, Jr. from Joliet West. Good guard, although kind of a full backcourt. It kind of depends on maybe who stays. A full bad backcourt, may I add. They're not a good team, Scott Ritchie. They're kind of just what Michigan State's had when it doesn't have the Miles right. Bridges, Jaron right. Jacksons. It's just a bunch of gritty dudes. Yep. And they win. They still win more games than they don't. Um, but it, maybe it's not the elite level talent that Tom Izzo has had at times. All Xavier right. Booker could be that guy, though. You can uh, sign up for our Illini basketball newsletter. It comes out at 9 a.m. every morning. Go to newsgazette.com. Click on newsletters. You'll get um, a full dose of Richie every morning. If you, if you don't already follow along, IlliniHQ.com, where it's Good Morning Illini Nation, 6 a.m. What's tomorrow's? Is it still the top 25 deep dive, even though Illinois is just getting two votes? Yeah, we'll see who voted for All Illinois. Right. Uh, it wasn't me. I can put that out there. Um, yeah, just... I think it's interesting to just go through all the ballots and see how, I mean, just kind of been a constant this year is just how differently everyone views basically every team. Again, there's maybe just no elite teams this year. All right. That's Scott Ritchie. You can catch him uh, at State Farm Center at uh, Schottenstein. Is that still Schottenstein Center? On Sunday, yeah, it's okay. like Value, Value City, City Arena at the yeah. Schottenstein Center. Okay. There's a lot of names for it. That uh, was a game that we were looking forward to early in the season. Now it just doesn't do much for me, so I yeah. may not follow along. Scott, is that right? That's okay. sure. <laughs> I'll listen to Ed Bond and his and take his pictures. Great pictures from Ed Bond, where in Indiana the radio booth had a great view line. Yeah, I did sight not. line. I could, ta- I could have taken pictures right. off the TV that was in front of me. but would have been great. It's a long way. I mean, it's not at the very top of Assembly Hall, but it's pretty high. All right. Richie needs a 3-0 prediction uh, week just to save his sorry record. I feel good about picking Illinois to beat Minnesota in the game we're not talking about. Good. Um, That's a 3-0 week. Come on. Don't give me that Northwestern stuff either. Just mark it down, 3-0 week. They did win by double digits in January. Yeah. Whatever. All right. So you're, picking, you're picking Illinois in all three games. No, by like not even close. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll play this back next week to see how, how right you were. All right. Thank you, Scott Ritchie. Looking forward to a great week of coverage, and we'll talk to you next Monday.